0: Welcome back to Definitely Not Definitive Podcast. I'm Ken. And I'm Bethany. And today we're ranking Thor The Dark World. And if you've seen our videos, you know that this one is something that we disagreed with a lot. Uh, We had a lot of debate on the different categories, and it's our biggest difference in scoring yet.
1: Yeah, we're usually pretty close with each other. Um, I mean, to be honest, we do have pretty similar tastes in movies, and, and so we do look for kind of similar things. But... We just really interpreted Dark World very drastically different.
0: Yeah, completely different, and that's why one of the reasons why we need you to go ahead and score these films with us. You can download our scoring sheet, or you can fill it out online. So watch, rewatch the movies, because really, there are there are certain movies that did better than we thought. Uh, you know that we remembered differently. So when we rewatch them, and also there are some moments where having seen all the movies already you know, certain characters maybe we liked more in movies that we rewatched, so certain movies we liked better. Like, you said Captain America was better for
1: you. Yeah, for me, I was just a lot more invested in the first Captain America movie, having followed Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes in the later films, and becoming much more interested in their origin story and and what their background was, um, which I was not at all invested in the first time I saw that movie.
0: Now, Thor The Dark World... uh, I've seen some people say that this is one of the one of their least favorite Marvel films. I didn't think it was that as bad as everyone uh, used, was knocking it. Yeah, there were certain elements I didn't like about it, uh, but um, you know, and I didn't like it as much as Bethany did, perhaps. Uh, and I think you know, there's, there's some of some of the reasons are that are, are lead female and lead male characters. I mean, mm-hmm. this is Thor's movie. You know, it's so you want to like Thor in it. And I didn't like him at all. I thought he was really annoying. I thought his grunting and overacting was just, uh, just not good in this. Um, and I, yeah, I, I didn't find any really aspects of him that that I thought were, were badass or I was like, yeah, Thor kick Malekith's butt or anything. I mean, I just, it just it never happened. It never clicked. I was never invested in his journey. I was more invested in Loki actually.
1: Well, I mean, I. I definitely was invested in Loki. um, And I said that this movie really got great the minute he came on the scene. Um, But I didn't hate Thor as much as you did. I think, to me, Thor just came across as somebody who was... um, Kind of like stuck in the job that they hate. You know, he doesn't want to be the future king of Asgard. He wants to be on Earth. He wants to be with Jane. He's seen a different life for himself and it's one that he prefers. But he feels duty bound to do the best that he can for his kingdom and and take on the responsibilities that have been basically put upon him um but it's just it's not a life that he wants or that really makes him happy anymore
0: i think you're giving thor too much credit for that i think you're looking way too much in depth into into thor's character and giving making him much deeper than than he appears and that's again that's something that you you saw in this movie and i did not see Uh, But my score for Thor ended up being a zero, which is, I I never thought a character would get this score. I never thought there would be a character that I thought was really annoying in uh, any of the Marvel movies. But, hey, Thor the Dark World surprised me. That's why we're doing these scorings.
1: And I gave Thor a score of four. I said I want him in my inner circle of friends.
0: That's unbelievable.
1: I liked the fact that he was trying to do what he felt was right and what he felt he was responsible for doing. But I also liked the fact that he... um, was in love and that he kept watching over jane even though he believed he couldn't be with her um and i think that you know to be perfectly honest when a guy is in love with a woman and he's faithful to her it makes him more appealing uh even if it's a relationship that doesn't work out so the fact that
0: even if you'd rather have him be with the girl that's you know not not his girlfriend you'd rather have him be with lady sith
1: i would much rather he be with lady sith but he just Never seems to get his act together, so I've kind of given up hope that that's ever going to happen because <laughs> Thor is too idiotic to do it. Apparently,
0: it's true. Uh, now we not Jane Foster a lot, but she was good, better in this film. I gave her a two. I said I'd grab a beer with her. Um, I think that she's a little bit more fun. She's not as stiff. Uh, she suffered. Her and Pepper Potts kind of suffered from that same that same sim- symptom, and so did Elizabeth Ross too. The the female characters in the beginning of this uh, uh, Marvel franchise were stiff, they were boring, they were... Damsels
1: in distress, yep. victims, pathetic romantic love interests.
0: And even when they tried to make them strong, you know, Jane Foster was is a brilliant scientist, so it was Elizabeth Ross. They showed it a little bit more with Jane Foster, her, her, her science, but it wasn't enough for me. Um, her character, I think, was still d- diminished. and But in this one... She, I, I think she's her intelligence has shown more I mean at the end with the uh all those like portals that she's opening up and, and whatnot that really that that was that was brilliant and she's just more fun
1: yeah she at least finally has a move of some strength in this which is much more than we can say of her in the first Thor movie um I think for, for me, the first time that I gave Jane a score of two, um, and I acknowledge this in our video of the first Thor, um, it was really, I think, more out of guilt over my dislike of her and feeling that I needed to compensate for that in some way by giving her a better score than she deserved because she really didn't deserve it. And it was really strictly on the merits of her job that I was like, hey, a brilliant scientist would be kind of cool to grab a drink with. I'll give her a two. But in this one, her personality actually does earn a two. Um, I kind of hate the fact that I like her more when she's being all cutesy because that just feels so.
0: Again, it it feels it feels like you're diminishing her. Like like a girl has to smile and act all cute. Actually, one of the things that uh, so we met. acting in, the, in a play together, mm-hmm. and uh, I've shot some feature films, and um, so I've been on the side of casting, and one of the things I never liked was whenever I cast a lead role for a female, a, a trick that a lot of actresses, young actresses, did that I never liked was always trying to smile and and be cute by in, in the lead. Now, I did romantic comedies and everything like that, but... It just didn't give any weight to the character when you're just smiling and you're acting all cute and you think that's going to make me like you more. I hate that it worked with Jane Foster this time. Like That's exactly what she did and it worked this time. But generally that, that does not work and that's not a good strategy.
1: I think the reason that it worked for Jane Foster in this one, to be honest, is because she seemed so without any sense of humor in the first movie that by her being a little cutesy in this one, it actually brought a sense of humor to her. And I think that's one of the reasons why it made her more appealing was, I mean, yeah, it, it might be an old trick and yeah, it might be diminishing or degrading the fact that the girl has to be cutesy. But I think what it really was, wasn't the cutesy per se. It was just the fact that it showed her being a little bit more loose and, and having a sense of humor.
0: Yeah, I think in a lesser actress's hands, it probably would have not gone well. Um, but Natalie Portman pulled it off pulled it off well. I think also just knowing Natalie Portman's work and seeing her play this, you know, maybe being a little bit more romantic rom com in in this uh, in this film, but not put. So there was she had some moments like that in the first door, but I felt like it was pushed. I felt I could see on her face how tortured she was having to say these lines and having to act like this that she just hated it herself, that I didn't buy it. This one, I think she committed it a little bit more, and she goes, okay, well, you know what? I'm just going to do it, and we're just going to go for it, and screw it, this is what they want from me, so okay, this is what I'll give you.
1: Yeah, I mean, one has to wonder, like, when Natalie Portman actually agreed to do this part, did they tell her up front, like, you will eventually be Lady Thor, you know, 17 films from now, or whatever, um... Because Natalie Portman is someone who naturally has gravitas. She is an actress of great depth. And um, seeing her play sort of like the cutesy damsel in distress honestly does seem like it would be beneath her. Um, And I think when the casting was first announced, a lot of people were kind of shocked that she took on the role and wondering why, because it just, I mean... You would expect Natalie Portman to go more for the Kate Blanchett style and, like, take on a villain if you're going to be in the Marvel movie. Like, you know, do something interesting. And Jane Foster is just not. Um, but I, th- I think, you know, she probably did know where the potential of the role was going to go. And so, yeah, she has to bite the bullet and play cutesy and damsel in these first couple films. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel where she's, I'm assuming, going to be able to shine as a total badass.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, that, that latest Thor installment coming out in Marvel's Phase 4, I believe. Um, so let's go on, we, we, see, We spent so much time talking about this we, uh, because we've disagreed so much on this, on this movie. Um, so our video is longer. Our podcast is probably going to be longer. But lead male, lead female bang ability. I gave Thor a zero. I said no thanks, I'm good. And I gave Jane Foster a one. Uh, so she moved up a little bit in this one
1: yeah how sweet you gotta get good and wasted to want to have sex with Jane Foster um, yeah pretty much yeah it's kind of I, I realized as we as we're going through this I'm like wow, that feels kind of like it's more insulting than just not wanting to bang someone.
0: yeah maybe I mean it, 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 it might be but you know actually no I think it's no I think it's more insulting. I think that it's so insulting where you either have you're it's because again, all these characters in these movies are good looking so it's your personality is just so dull or you it's so offensive that even under the influence of alcohol i would not sleep with you that's <laughs> got to be more offensive than okay okay like you might not you know you're not somebody that i would necessarily date or you know i mean really most people should probably get it too because everyone is is hot but um it, it, you know in because they're they're, in, they're hollywood movie stars uh but you know sometimes they they showcase it more than others i mean you know Thor's taking his shirt off every other scene, so you see how great his, his, his physique is.
1: Yes, Thor and uh, Steve Rogers, they always seem to have the obligatory shirtless shot in their movies. Not that one's complaining about that. Um, I gave Jane Foster a score of zero. Uh, yeah, her perso- personality got a bit better, but, you know, just not, not enough. <laughs> um, and I gave Thor a score of four. I said that this is going to lead to some morning sex and shower sex and you know, lots of sex, not just one.
0: Again, I still can't believe you gave him that high of a score in in the bangability character factor. Uh, I just don't see. I just don't. I just don't see it. Um, yeah, but that's that's what that's what happened. Uh, you gotta use Thor's shower. You're not using our shower. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> gotta go to Asgard for that. All right.
1: I kind of assumed it would be an Asgard. I mean, right. not knocking our place, but palace and asgard yeah. thor is be not
0: welcome here thor is not welcome in our part not at least the thor from thor the dark world okay i did invite thor from in the first film and thor and ragnarok that thor can. well can i
1: think thor out. is only going to get better with ragnarok yeah. um next up is lead male and lead female relatability
0: so i gave thor a zero thor got a zero in every single category for the lead <laughs> lead male that's never happened before but he gets a zero with that no one like that exists uh I mean, yes, there are whiny, whiny, mopey dudes in the world like Thor, but they're not Norse gods, and I just didn't relate to his problems. I've never had to abdicate the throne before, so um, you know that's not something that I, I wrestle with in my day-to-day life. And for Jane Foster, I gave her two. I said it's not me, but it could be one of my friends or family. Um, again, like her personality shined a little bit more in this one and i kind of know girls like some some girls or guys like that where they're you know they're nice enough and everything like that but maybe i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this one give it a tip.
1: <laughs> and i was just letting him go because i was waiting to see where it was going um i gave thor a score of 0 uh unlike with ken for me it wasn't a complaint that it was a zero it was just uh one of those things that you know Thor's dealing with much bigger problems than anything I will ever hopefully have to tackle. Um, Alien invasions, dark elves, abdicating a throne, um, a brother who's a psychopath. It's all just outside of the norm for me. Um, So whereas I couldn't relate to it per se, I didn't necessarily find that to be a negative on the film, even though it doesn't earn it any points. Um, And for Jane, I gave her a score of 1. I said that, you know, I know some people like that, but I wouldn't necessarily call them friends. I think everybody's met a Jane Foster in their life. Um, and maybe part of that's just because Jane Foster's not all that terribly interesting. She's a very vanilla character that we all kind of have a, a vanilla someone that we've crossed paths with that we're like, oh, yeah, I mean, that could they could be kind of like Jane Foster.
0: Yeah. Um, so moving on to the villain. The villain in this one was Malekith. And so we said his end goal uh, was to. I said his end goal was to put the entire universe into darkness. That's what kind of what they they say that it, you know the world was born out of darkness and it bore, born the dark elves. That was with the whole uh, Lord of the Rings knockoff that they were doing in the beginning. It was just completely which ripping was a off. total
1: knockoff. I mean, yeah. From, I, I was just waiting for the voiceover to come up.
0: Yeah, the voiceover, the voiceover, the battle, the way the battle even looked, like the way they staged the battle looked like uh, Lord of the Rings as well. It still well.
1: had elves in
0: it. Yeah, it still still had elves in it. Um, so I said it was to put the entire universe in darkness, and if it's affecting the entire universe, I think that's a five. I think it's the entire universe, so that's what I gave it. But some people disagreed with that logic.
1: I said it was multiple worlds, health, and happiness, so I gave it a score of four. Um, and I think this was in large part... Maybe because the villain just, to me, never felt threatening enough to be a five, even if that's what he wanted to do. I never really took him seriously at being... I don't know. It just it never sold it for me.
0: And that's... Yeah. You'd, you'd mentioned, and we didn't uh, have it in the video, but you'd mentioned that the five is really only reserved for Thanos because Thanos is... But Thanos was successful in his mission. Um, now, Malekith wasn't. So should success matter, it, it's if in, in this rating because really none of the villains and goals are success- successful except for Thanos
1: I think the, the threat has to be like yeah. I have to successfully believe that they will achieve their goal and I just never felt that way with Dark Elf um, <laughs> I'll be honest when I first watched uh, Endgame or not Endgame um, Infinity War Infinity War I didn't really know what I was getting into and even as I'm watching the movie I'm like oh but they're going to pull out the win like the heroes have to win it's going to happen and then everybody starts disintegrating, and I still was there going, it's okay, something's going to happen, there's going to be a win. Um, so, it to me, even when I expect the hero to win at the end of the movie, because it's the hero's movie, as I did with Infinity War, I felt the threat of Thanos much more than I ever felt the threat of Malekith. I mean, to me, Malekith's defeat was just an obvious inevitability. There was, there was no way it was going to go any other way.
0: See, and for me, this is the first time that the entire universe is at stake uh, or multiple worlds if we're, you know, depending on, depending on your, your theory with that one. And uh, I think that this is the first time where it's not just one world, it's not just Earth or it's not just Asgard. Uh, there is multiple worlds, perhaps the entire universe at stake here and that's what Thor the Dark World kind of brings into uh, into this. Um, and then it kind of continues continues after that. Uh, so this is the first time I feel like the stakes have really been raised uh, high. Now, moving on to, speaking about Thanos and, and Malekith, the difference between them, our next category is how strong is the villain compared to the hero? And I thought he was four. I thought he was significantly stronger than the hero. But again, we, got, we disagreed on this.
1: We did. Um, and I had I asked Ken, uh, when we were ranking this, if we rank him without the ether just strictly as Malachith, or if you rank him with the ether which is kind of like having this super weapon at your disposal um, and for Ken it didn't really make a difference
0: well no that was okay you're jumping you're jumping ahead now that was guardians of the galaxy where it didn't really make a difference again we were uh, we're pretty ahead right now um, in this so we watched the movies and we film these and then we release some like you know a little at a later date. So, we've actually just watched Guardians of the Galaxy. For Guardians of the Galaxy, it didn't make a difference. For this one it made a difference. I think this one we said with the reality stone.
1: Okay, so with the Ether, I yeah. think he was 3 stronger than the hero. Um, but even then I didn't I didn't find him to be significantly stronger.
0: Yeah, but I, I just feel that you know, he just ripped through Asgard with his with his army and they just dest- demolished Asgard. They snuck in, they kicked Asgard's butt, killed Friga, um and so I, I just felt that he was significantly stronger, especially, and then he gets the ether. And to me, he has more control over the infinity stone than Loki does. And when we jump ahead again to Guardians of the Galaxy, they talk about how only only powerful beings can really hold on to an infinity stone. And so, I mean, I don't think any, I don't think Thor or anybody else could, could wield a, an infinity stone by themselves uh, without, you know, the help of a, of a gauntlet or something. Um, but. I mean, well, I don't know. They talk about that maybe in Endgame They talk about Thor, but he's he's not in no condition. He's fat Thor. Then uh, we're we're jumping ahead, but yeah, to me, that's that's the fact that Malekith was able to control the Infinity Stone um, so much is why I think that you know he got a four.
1: You make a, you make a, an argument for it, but I just still, and I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the scripts didn't lend enough for me, or the actor didn't do enough for me. But I just. He was not threatening enough for me to give him high-ranking marks.
0: But surprisingly, she gave him a higher rank than me in the do-you-care-about-the-villain category. Because I him a zero. I didn't care about him at all. Uh, yes, I want the heroes to win, but it's only because I don't want the world to go into darkness. It's not because I really care about Malekith itself. I care about his end goal, but I don't care about him. So that's why I gave him a zero.
1: Um, I said a score of one which is only because I want the heroes to win Uh, and I think really it probably wasn't that until uh, Loki's death and I'm like yeah he can he can die now (laughs) he can he can be destroyed
0: Uh, he killed your precious Loki and so now he needs to die
1: yeah well I like Loki
0: Uh, our final category for the villain is villain bangability and speaking of Loki I mean that's you know that's that's her guy that's that's the only villain she's banged so far but uh, he gets a zero from me
1: zero from me as well sorry dark elves just they don't do it for me
0: now it's time for definitely not a commercial this is not in any way associated with definitely not definitive it is not a sponsor and uh, you know but we want to give a shout out to certain things so anger management if you're someone that grunts a lot and gets angry for seemingly no reason, and maybe gets a little bit too aggressive, then you might want to think about anger management. It might make you a more likable character, and you might not get a zero in likability if you don't grunt all the time, and growl, and seem like you want to be a hothead. You know, show me that you're a hothead. But show me by going to anger management and controlling your impulses. Anger management. Now, next up is, you didn't interrupt me, finally, in my, in my commercial. Uh, next up is side characters.
1: And for this one, there were a bunch of side characters. We have Frigga, Heimdall, Ian the Intern, Darcy, Lady Sif and the Warriors 3, Odin, Dr. Selwig, Loki, and The Curse.
0: So we have so many side characters in here, but what does it take to make it into the side characters list? What's What, what, what makes up a side character? Because we've had some arguments about who makes it and who doesn't make it.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at our side character sheet, I have to admit, the whole nothing really, to me, if they're going to get a score of zero, they really don't belong on the side character sheet, especially as we go along, because a lot of these films are so great about having a good supporting cast. Um... So for me, there has to be a contribution to the film in some significant way. And really, because Marvel is so great at casting and having so many bit parts, even for name talent, um, I'm really looking for supporting cast more than I'm looking at featured. If they're just in one scene or you know have like one tiny little bit part, they're probably not making as strong an impact on the overall film for me to consider them in the side characters.
0: See, sometimes certain characters just, in certain movies, are why we make certain categories. I mean, Zero, yeah, I could say that. Like, If you are a Zero, you probably shouldn't be on the side characters list at all. But I gave uh, Rhodey a Zero in the first Iron Man because he was a significant character in that one. He was featured a lot. I mean, there aren't a lot of side characters in the first Iron Man. And actually, that's one of the reasons that its score is a little bit lower than uh, some of the other films that we've rated so far. Um the humor, although I think Iron Man's a funny movie, the humor didn't do as well. Now that we've rated some some other films, I mean, now that we've rated Avengers and 53 is like kind of like the bar for what a really funny film is. I mean, we thought the third Iron Man was funnier, but um, so I think that you know, yes, going forward because there are so many side characters, a zero probably means you're not gonna you're not gonna make the cut. Um, but you know, we'll 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 still keep that in there because I hit. I mean, like I said, Iron Man got it. Uh,
1: well, yeah, I mean, if there is a significant character who winds up giving just a terrible performance for example like if we're talking about um uh let's see i'm trying to think of of one with like a really well-developed sidekick um
0: well i mean you know basically we have nine side characters in this one and i gave eight of them a one uh and i probably could have cut down a few of them but they all actually i would have cut some out and i would have try to fight to cut some out but they all contributed to the plot in in, in some way um you know Friga saving jane foster's life heimdall helping thor escape Ian the intern even like he was my weakest character of all but in the intern smashing that car to help save darcy's life uh darcy and Ian both had to go get uh, Eric Selvig out of the mental institution, and without that, then you know they don't get to get all those little sticks and rods that you know get the portals opened and everything. So I guess the intern has another thing that boosts his score at least to a one. Uh, Lady Sif and the Warriors three again they helped Thor escape Asgard. Uh, Odin, I'm trying to think now. Odin maybe I might have been a character that I, I could have cut out, but he's. I mean, him and Frigga dying. I mean, Frigga dying and seeing his reaction. You know, you can't cut out Odin. Uh, Selvig. Again, when I talked about him with the portals. And Curse. Uh, he kills Frigga. And he also is there to uh, battle and stop Thor. Um, so they all got a one from me.
1: I gave a score of one to Odin, the Curse, and... uh see. Selvig. Selvig um
0: which they really tried to make him funny in this one you know they oh he's gone crazy he's gone loopy they forced it though so yeah. badly
1: and I don't think it was like I don't think it was the actor forcing no. it I think it was them forcing the plot And for I mean like he went from a very normal sane almost father like figure to Jane Foster in the first one to completely losing his mind and coming across as somebody who belongs in an insane asylum um and i'm sorry but just avengers does not justify that drastic cha- transition it just did not yeah i mean we if you're going to take that route we need something between avengers and and thor the dark role to see the the sort of like progression of his mental lunacy um, yeah and
0: even then it's not really funny it's just sad yeah. and so it's the it was it was, it was done poorly, and you maybe you should have made it... I thought this movie should have had a tone more of a horror film, and you know, we talked about that before with Incredible Hulk, and this, it, it, there were moments in there where it could have had, like maybe not a straight-up horror film, but more of a suspense to it. And if they had played with that more, with, with Eric you know, Selvig being traumatized, and uh, Jane Foster when she was getting kind of sucked into the, the room with the ether... Thought that was very kind of horror esque uh, moment.
1: Well, plus, and if they if they'd done something like that and taken more of that tone, then having a dark elf wielding an infinity stone might have seemed a bit more scary versus like uh, comical kind of, almost. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's why I could never really take him seriously as being such a threat, even though logically, by what the script is telling me, yes, he should be terrifying and and one of the worst villains we've seen so far. But he just
0: yeah, this is Thor The Dark World. It should have been a darker film to, yeah. for me. Um, but hang on, keep going with the characters that you overrated, your side characters. Then
1: I gave Lady Sif, Ian, uh, Heimdall, and Friga a score of two. I said the hero becomes less likable, redeemable, relatable without them. And uh, all of these really are for Thor. Although I do think that Frigga does help Uh, do this for Jane as well uh, with their interactions and her defense of Jane.
0: And I can give you Heimdall and Frigga because I actually like the scene with Heimdall and Thor. I don't know, they were sharing a beer afterwards after the Dark Elf invasion and everything. And so I think, you know, he helped maybe make Thor a little bit more relatable in that moment. Um, But Lady Sif and the Warriors 3. So we already talked about Ian the Intern enough in our video. So go check that out if you want to get, you know, my dish on Ian the Intern. But Lady Sif and the Warriors 3. What we didn't talk about is that you thought that how much Lady, Lady Sif loves Thor and you know admires Thor and wants to be with Thor makes Thor more likable. And to me, that's one of the old tricks in the book where a guy tries to get a really cute or badass girl like in a bar and brings her like in a bar and like just, like you know talks to her so that everyone else thinks, oh wow, he's really wanted. Like that's that's what that's what you fell with for Thor. You guys do that? No. I don't do that, but there are guys that do do that. I mean, there's you've seen movies with that before.
1: Well, I mean, I'll be honest. A wing woman is probably a better way to pick up chicks in a bar than a wing man. Yeah, it's it, not a bad idea.
0: Yeah, exactly. A wing woman is definitely better than than a, a wing man. You know, it's a wing woman that is you know can that talks you up, that tells you how you know how great of a guy you are, and it's like you t- you trust it more. Women trust other women more, so that's just something that. You know, and you you did it. You fell for it with Lady Sif. Lady Sif got you.
1: Lady Sif does make Thor look better. Not that he deserves it, but she does.
0: Yeah, and I like Lady Sif more in this film. I, li- I like Lady Sif a lot, and I really liked her as a character, but just because I liked her, I couldn't give
1: her give a two. I could. I think Lady Sif deserves it. Yeah. She always does. And then last but not least, I gave... Uh, okay, I gave Darcy and... Uh, I gave Darcy a score of three, and then I gave Loki the MCS.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I was fine with you giving Loki the MCS. I I thought about it. I, t- I toyed with the idea. I just didn't know if he was in it enough. I didn't really like him in the beginning, but I gave Loki a four. So the movie's barely watchable w- w- without him. If you take him out of the film, because um, to me he was he was definitely the highlight.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. He uh, this movie just it kicks into a different notch when when he comes on the scene and. I mean, I've seen it in Tom Hiddleston in other roles. He's always a very good actor, but you can just tell, man, he loves playing Loki. Mm-hmm. And it is, br- like, he wears this character brilliantly.
0: Yeah. Uh, up next is plot. So I get the plot of Zero. Now, it says, I couldn't tell you what it really was, but I guess, you know, this Malachith wants to put the universe into darkness because he's a he's a dark elf. I it's just I just never really got why he wanted to do that other than the fact that he just wanted to do it like wasn't he thought, there
1: some chip on his shoulder about like the past and like being what was it banished or somebody dying I tried to write it down at some point I swear
0: yeah but I mean it didn't leave enough of an impact on us to really know what kind of was was going on and uh, and also the reality stone. I didn't the reality I thought this was the soul stone when I first watched it because it goes into Jane Foster's body it's like it's like a it's a gas or a you know type of thing instead of an actual stone so I thought oh it's like taking part of her it's you know a part of her soul so I thought it was the soul stone uh, you know I, I, got, I was very confused with all with which which stone was what in the beginning right rewatching these it kind of makes more sense now what it is but I you know Malekith, if he had the reality stone, he could have just, he didn't need the portals. He could have just, you know, changed, shifted reality. I mean, like, like what Thanos did, but I guess he's not as powerful as Thanos.
1: No, that's why he doesn't get a high score.
0: No. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you give plot?
1: Uh, For plot, I gave it a score of three. I said it was deliciously unexpected. In a lot of ways, this was due to Loki. His tricks kept things interesting. The team up between Thor and Loki kept things interesting because he really didn't know which way things were going to go whenever loki's involved the outcome is completely unpredictable which is what makes watching him so delicious um and then i think like classic good versus evil yes but it, it had some elements to it that just weren't quite so typical all right uh next up is female empowerment so what role do women play in this movie I gave this a score of three. I said without a strong move from a woman, victory would not have happened, and credit for this goes to Darcy, Lady Sif, Frigga, and I'll even begrudgingly give some credit to Jane.
0: See, I think Jane Foster has should have the most credit because she actually had the most impact. Lady Sif and Frigga, I mean Freya, dies. So I mean, and also late, like they don't stop Malekith from getting the reality stone. He still gets the reality stone, so...
1: Yeah, but Jane wouldn't be there to pull that move at the end if it hadn't been for Friga protecting her and being her bodyguard and the tricks that she used to defend her. Okay,
0: all right, that was... See, that was better than what you said in the in the video. I mean, we cut it out of the video, but that, that argument, I, I, I buy more, that argument. I'm mean,
1: beginning to think podcasting is just so you could tell me how bad I was in the video. It is not how bad you were in the... <laughs> it is not true. It is not true at all. Um. so what did you give the women
0: oh I gave them I said a two I said there are some moments where a girl kicks ass Lady Sif Frigga. Um. so I think they all had very strong uh, strong moves in there and so uh, moving on to soundtrack soundtrack out of zero there wasn't there was that one song in there that they make fun of at the in Thor the next in the next Thor movie Uh, that is you know like a choir singing and like oh and it's supposed to be very moving, and having seen Thor, the first Thor uh, Ragnarok, it just, it just made me laugh.
1: Yeah, I, I it was true. I was laughing as well. And now this is time for Definitely Not a Commercial. Uh, this is no way associated with Definitely Not Definitive, no sponsorship, no connection whatsoever. Public displays of emotion. When you're really not sure what to do and you're trying to pull off a masterful deception whether it be hiding from S.H.I.E.L.D. or perhaps trying to destroy the Dark Elves, the best thing to do is a public display of emotion. Sometimes it can be a PDA and go the affection route or romantic route with public kissing. Sometimes it can be a fight, like an all-out brawl with your terrible sibling that you've just busted out of prison. But no matter what, it will make everybody else around you very uncomfortable, and you will be a success. Public displays of emotion.
0: That was good, but I like that one. Uh, so moving on to humor, humor got a score of twenty. It was it had some some funny moments in there, mainly with Loki for me. Uh, you know, not a terrible score. It actually, got the same score I guess as Iron Man. Um, maybe because I don't know, but yeah, it got it got a twenty. The
1: first Iron Man.
0: Yeah, first Iron Man got twenty. For me. You wow. only got twelve out of it for you. Wow. I know.
1: That's shocking. It is. Even with Robert Downey Jr.
0: Even with Robert Downey Jr. I mean. I think that.
1: I guess it was just a more like serious one because it was setting everything up and. Yeah. Huh. Th-
0: they hadn't developed their humor yet. I don't think. Yeah, that's true. And, for the for the first Iron Man, so I think it was a funny movie at the time. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe having watched other films again, going back on it, you're just, you're just thinking, okay, you know what? This, I mean, yeah, I don't want to keep going back to Iron Man, but I think people misremember Iron Man, and they, it's a good movie. It is a good movie, Um, but I think as far as the the Marvel movies go, I think they they ended up getting better.
1: Yeah, they just got better each time, or almost each Mm -hmm. time. Um, And so for that reason, comparatively, Iron Man looks like a weaker movie, even though it is, in fact, a great movie. Yeah. Um, I gave humor a score of 25. Uh, I said, if nothing else, that all 25 points should go to Loki acting as Captain America, which he actually does in more than one movie, and every time he does it, it's just absolutely hilarious
0: yeah it is great um for visual effects uh visual effects i give a one i say nothing stood out as bad but nothing stood out as good uh but really some things were good and some things were bad i really i liked i liked asgard i think again the rainbow bridge did really good job with that i didn't like the villains so much i thought the villains that they were fighting in their first little battle where thor keeps crap out of that rock uh big rock dude uh they look kind of a little cheesy a little hokey uh, and I didn't like the Predator thing, with the curse looking like Predator. I did not like that at all, one bit. They just ripped off a bunch of movies when they, when they did this.
1: That's true. I will, I will admit that uh, Lord of the Rings did rip off a bunch of... Uh, I said Lord of the Rings. Thor ripped off a <laughs> bunch of movies, including Lord of the Rings, uh, I think Predator, and even Star Wars with, like, the blaster guns that they have against mm-hmm. the people with, you know, the, like, turn-of-the-century medieval-style weaponry versus Star Wars yeah blasters um I I however gave visual effects a score of 3 I said it's definitely big screen worthy and I think it it's you kind of have to mess up a Thor movie for it not to be big screen worthy you're dealing with other worlds you've got this whole realm of Asgard um you know and in this one we had three different worlds we also had a dark elf monster and a prison scene that I think all made this big screen worthy even if it wasn't the best CGI that uh Marvel has ever done. Next up is Love Story. So, how is Love Story for you?
0: Zero. It's there because Hollywood demands it. The part where Thor and Jane Foster are kind of holding hands, and being cute, it's like, oh, it's when the five worlds, like, you know, the nine realms converge like this, like they a little bit off center and now they go and then they, they form one world. That was lame. Uh, I just, I wanted Thor to be with Lady Sif and I thought I bought their chemistry more than I bought his chemistry with Jane Foster.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think I I gave Love Story a score of one. I said it helps put a little bow on everything and really this was more because of when Thor and Jane were apart than when they were together. Um, I thought they did a good job selling the like long-distance relationship element um, and I thought they did a better job selling that than they did selling it when they were actually together and side by side
0: but yeah
1: the long distance was a fair amount in the movie for the two of them so
0: and for uh dialogue our next category i gave it a one i said it didn't take away from the film but i can't really quote it much uh bethany can quote it a ton can't you it's...
1: i simply said that there <laughs> are some memorable one-liners um it wasn't it wasn't anything like the other ones that we've seen but you know, Loki has some good one-liners, and I think that I—I I didn't think dialogue was terrible.
0: Yeah. Uh, something. Go back just real quick to the the love story. Something I think they failed on the love story was the love triangle aspect of Lady Sif and Jane Foster and Thor, because there's like this weird moment where Lady Sif sees Jane, and Jane sees Lady Sif, and it's like you know, ooh, the the girlfriend is seeing an ex or something, but. It fails because we never think that Thor is ever going to go with Lady Sif. Like, we need a moment where we think that, oh, maybe he could choose Lady Sif. Like, you know, maybe if a circumstance was different, he'd choose Lady Sif over, over Jane. But we never get that get that feeling.
1: No, and it's like they try to do that with Odin saying, you know, you should stop looking to Earth and look at what's right in front of you. And then pointing towards Lady Sif training in the yard. But... I'm sorry nobody's gonna tell you who you should love and you go oh yeah you know dad you're right I should totally start having a crush on her um that's just not how it works if it doesn't come from Thor then it doesn't have any validity to it and so Odin telling Thor that means nothing if we don't see something from Thor to make us believe that he actually has some of those feelings and thoughts himself.
0: Yeah, and Thor's not such a weak character where he's gotta get daddy's approval to, you know, and to on who he dates and who he he falls in love with. I mean they've done that before in some you know, some movies, it's just like, oh, I can't be with this girl because, you know, my father and my family doesn't approve of doesn't approve of her. And maybe that's what they were going for and it's like and then he has to end up you know, they end up being with someone that's not that's not right for them. But usually that person is the person that we hate and like we actually like Lady Sif and, and we don't hate Jane Foster. And sometimes you, we do, but I guess um, so they kind of reversed it. It just, they tried to add some elements in the love story and it just, it didn't work. But yeah, that's why the love story got zero for me. But moving on to the next category.
1: Next category is, uh, action sequences. So for this one, there were five main action sequences and I gave him a score of three. I said, I couldn't believe what I was seeing in a good way. Um, I loved Frigga's fight scene. Uh I loved Loki with the tiny little dagger at the end of the movie. Um, and I think there were just overall there were some some big scenes too that made this pretty decent.
0: Yeah, big picture, little picture again. You said you like the different styles of fighting that they showcased during the action sequences. Um for me I said it was two, I said there were one or two fun sequences in the action scenes. I like the end where they're flipping through the different portals and Thor's hammers going all over the place. Uh, that was fun and interesting. Um, the escape scene with Loki escaping Asgard was another good action sequence. Uh, so 5 times 2 is 10, so I got a 10 for me in action sequences. And uh, moving on to our final category, Heart. I give it a 1. I had a sweet moment or 2. And that's what it deserves...
1: I give it a score of four. I said it warms the heart and it waters the eyes uh, really this is because I found Frigga's death moving uh, I found even more moving her funeral when you see how many people in Asgard turn out for their queen and how they all seem to be deeply moved by her death um, and then Loki's redemption uh, with Thor I thought I thought was fantastic because I really didn't think he could be redeemed after killing Coulson. Uh,
0: how, I, do, how does he do that? How does he get back into our good graces after killing Colson?
1: I think it's his humor and charm, and it drives me nuts that it's something like that that actually redeems him because I hated him. And yet, like, this movie is, I mean, as you put it, it's unwatchable without him. I mean, I think it's that thing that he just, he keeps dishing out what we as the audience want. And so we forgive a past transgression that's probably unforgivable, really. Yeah,
0: Loki's that that bad ex that, I, that everyone has that you're just like, why do you keep going back to this guy or girl? They keep cheating on you. And, and treating
1: you badly. Yeah, and then you
0: keep going back to them. It's like, oh, well, but you don't know him. You know, you don't know her. The they're, sex
1: is really good. They're
0: really charming when they want to be. They're really sweet to me. Like, no, no, why can't you see it? But this is, this is is well, we, this is Loki. This Loki's is our totally. bad ex.
1: Yes, he's our bad ex. And we keep going back for more. And then somebody talks some sense into us about how terrible they are. And so we break up with them. And we decide we don't like them anymore. And then they do something again to charm our pants off. And that's that's Loki.
0: And that's why he's getting his own series uh, coming up on Disney+. Plus, I think next year uh, during the fall it'll come out. So I'm looking forward to that one.
1: Yeah, that's going to be great.
0: So let's move on to our final scores. Uh, so my final score for Thor The Dark World was a 61.
1: And my final score was a 93. But. but
0: it did lose some points. Um, I think probably should have lost more, but we settled on minus 10 points overall. We mm-hmm. lost minus five points for failure to engage the audience because we weren't invested in the hero's journey right away.
1: Yeah, it was a slow start on this one.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, really, I-, I wasn't invested until Loki kind of became more of a featured character in this one. Uh, I think Bethany was hooked a little bit earlier than that. Um, we also gave it minus five points for boredom, uh, which is basically checking out When you're watching the film. There were parts that were a little bit slower, weren't as engaging, and so we checked out a little bit.
1: Yeah, um, I do think I was interested in the movie faster than you were, but I would agree with you that this movie really takes off when Loki enters. So that's probably a third of the way into the movie, maybe a little less than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, you should be hooking your audience prior to that.
0: For sure. Uh, So that drops my score down to a 51.
1: And mine becomes an 83.
0: Which is about twenty to thirty points too high. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> just you know, just 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 go put that out there. Judgy. Yeah, this is this is the one that has uh, has you know been the most divisive of the, all the movies so far. Usually we're pretty close so far. The, the Thor movies have been the ones that we've uh, disagreed on the most, I think.
1: I think I'm just more of a fantasy fan than you are, in general.
0: I think so. That's probably what it is. And we talked about this before, is that for Thor, you really have to suspend your disbelief uh, a lot. Th- the Ragnarok was a little bit different, and you know we'll talk about that when we get to-, to our review for that one. But for the first two Thors, it really was more of a fantasy, almost sci-fi element.
1: I feel like Ragnarok takes more... Like, the, the scales tip more to sci-fi than to fantasy. But the first two Thors, I feel like the scales are tipped more towards fantasy. It's more fantasy and history. Like, yeah. Lord of the Rings. And you love history, and, yeah. And so, yeah. So, I mean, that's really... Like, that's my jam. Um, yeah. And so, I think I find it easier to fall into those stories than you do.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, that brings our total score for Thor to a 67. Uh, which puts it below... Iron Man three, but above the first Thor. So so far, uh, Thor: The Dark World. It's um, it's better than all the other Phase one films, other than uh, Avengers, of course. But so that's a little, a little surprising on this. I think we're probably going to get mocked a lot for for having Iron Man so low on our on our scoring sheet.
1: Well, and it, I mean, it would be interesting to since we've adjusted the scoring a little bit too in some categories to go back and and like re-rank some of the, well, I would say some of the early ones, but I really don't think we're going to help. Hulk Incredible Hulk at all. now. Um, but it would be interesting to, to go back and re-watch the first Iron Man. I think in part, Iron Man suffered too, because it's probably one of the ones, if not the one that we've watched the most.
0: I don't, I don't think it has been though. I think we've watched other ones, uh, before that. I think we've watched more of Guardians of the Galaxy. I think we've watched more Winter Soldier. than we have the first Iron Man. Like, I don't remember watching the Iron, first Iron Man actually that much. And, I don't know, we talked about this in the in our Iron Man review before. I I think it was I think it might be I think we're gonna get mocked, but I think that I think the first Iron Man's a little bit overrated. I think I think it is. I didn't like the villain as much. Robert Downey Jr. was so great in it. I think again, because it was so fresh and everything that it, it was so everyone loved it so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, a side by side comparison between like Avengers and the first Iron Man, there's there is no contest. I mean Avengers blows it out of the water, yeah. but it was the first, and so I think mm-hmm. there's there's a good deal of nostalgia attached to that. In addition to the fact that Robert Johnny Jr. was just freaking phenomenal in it, I mean this this role was built for him.
0: Maybe we go back and we give it uh, some plus points for for being the first and starting it all. And uh,
1: we didn't have fist bumps during the time when we ranked that. I mean that might have brought yeah, up a couple of points. Couple I'm not saying I'm not saying a lot, points, but like you lot. know. We have made some adjustments that might have brought it a few points here or there.
0: I have a feeling that Iron Man is probably going to be one of our bottom five films, which is going to be it's going to be a tough pill to swallow.
1: Yeah, because we had it up there as like one of our top one of ten. Our top. That was our yeah. top one of
0: our top ten. We had we had Iron Man up there, but uh, I think again, we're, what we're ranking is the best Marvel movies. So our scoring sheet is geared towards Marvel movies and uh, things that we like within the Marvel movies. And I think if you maybe if you compared Iron Man to, you know, Thor The Dark World or the first Thor or other movies that we might have ranked higher, it might be a better movie. But we're talking about Marvel movies, like what's the best Marvel movie?
1: Yeah, and so. the components that really make that genre yeah. shine.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and, it's, and it's tough to go back and say, you know, rewatch these again for the first time and like completely wipe them from memory and like have the jokes all be fresh and everything. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's humor scores could have gone up a little bit more. You know, uh, but I still don't think it would have ranked that much higher. Like maybe it would have gotten higher than Thor: The Dark World or the first Thor if we like counted out funnier moments. But I still don't think it'll be it would be that high. And I think a lot of it's because not a great supporting characters, not villain. That's true. Robert Downey not... Jr.
1: really carries that movie. Yeah. it's all about him.
0: Uh, but anyways, sidetrack now over. Uh, tune in next week for our review of Captain America: The Winter Soldier.
1: Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is Definitely Not Definitive, signing out.